1: Hey, this is Kelly Earnhardt Miller, author of Drive, Nine Lessons to Win in Business and in Life. And if you want to learn how to connect with the best, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel.
0: Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chapel, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, If you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Kelly Earnhardt Miller. Kelly is part owner and general manager of JR Motorsports and is considered one of the most prominent businesswomen in NASCAR today. She oversees the company's race team, management team, and business ventures for her brother, Dale Earnhardt Jr., being the daughter of seven-time NASCAR champion Dale Earnhardt, Kelly graduated from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte with a BA in Business Administration. A multiple award recipient, she was named in 2015 as one of Sports Business Journal's game changers in sports business for her impact on the motorsports industry. Kelly is married to L.W. Miller and his mom to Carson Kennedy and Wyatt. Guys, this is going to be such an amazing and a fun conversation that I have with Kelly here in just a second. I can't wait to get into those things. But first, really quickly, if you're listening to this right now and you're seven-figure-plus entrepreneur and you know that having a podcast is would be really beneficial for you in your business but you just don't know exactly how to get one started or you don't have the time or the team or resources to figure it all out then have me and my team build one for you head over to travischapel.com make my podcast there's just a quick application there once you fill that out my team will be in touch to see if we would be a good fit to build out a show for you that way you can focus on what you're good at which is servicing your clients and we can focus on what we're good at which is building world-class podcasts that's Travischapel.com slash make my podcast kelly thank you so much for joining me on the show today I've been looking forward to sitting down with you how are you doing
1: i'm doing great travis a beautiful day here in north carolina and uh, excited to talk to you i know we've uh just with all the different things, world events that have been happening, we've uh, rescheduled this a time or two. So I'm glad we finally got to make uh, time for it.
0: Yes, ma'am, you and me both. And I want to just go ahead and jump in here and uh, build a little bit of context for for the audience listening. Let's uh, reverse the clock a little bit, okay? And go all the way back to the beginning of this. Talk to me about 12, 13 year old Kelly, what was it that you were up to at the time? You know, family life, what was the, you know, day in and day out for you, you know, junior high, high school time period?
1: Oh gosh, you know, we were about 12. We were two years into living with our dad from 10 years prior to that with our mom. We uh, Hmm. experienced a house fire when I was 10 years old, living with our mom. Our parents divorced pretty early. And within a day of the house fire, we were headed to, 30 minutes up the road to our dads. And wow. the significance of that is that we didn't really spend a lot of time with our dad. So gosh, when I was 12, I was, you know, in my dad was really hitting his stride in the NASCAR world, just trying to figure it out, trying to, you know, go to school as, as Kelly Earnhardt, Dellenhardt's daughter and, and dealing with what that was like, uh, good and bad. So a lot yeah. of different stuff there. <laughs>
0: Yeah. How was that in school? I, I assume most people would automatically assume that it's a positive experience, but I'm sure that it came along with its fair share of difficulties as well.
1: It did. And, you know, problematic for us was the fact that we moved around schools. So all the way through high school, I was never at a school really more than two years. And um, so, you know, hard to make friends. And of course, the first thing that people assume is, oh, your dad's dorn hard and all these great things are going on in your life. You just, you know, you must be too good to talk to me or... You know, there must be something about you where you can't be friends with me, which was, you know, so far from the truth. You know, just like in today's time, so many people don't give you the chance to get to know you before they make assumptions.
0: Yeah. Did that affect your like schooling at all or your social life mostly?
1: Uh, Lucky for me, I'm a pretty outgoing and a pretty confident person. So I really wasn't bothered too much by it. My brother is the one that probably, you know, suffered from it the most because he was shy and he had a hard time making friends. But for me, I was just like, okay, you know, that's the way you feel. Let's move on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Is he older or younger than you?
1: He's younger than I. Yeah.
0: Okay. Gotcha. So when you would move schools, it was kind of, it was kind of you leading the way with, in terms of, in terms of your relationship with your brother.
1: Yeah, except for the one time we got sent to military school because he got sent to military school and I followed.
0: So, oh, gotcha. Yeah,
1: but pretty much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so our now... our school
1: choices were based on his behavior. So, um,
0: that, you know, yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got en- it. En- enough said there. Enough said. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> okay, so coming coming out of high school, then uh, you you go to you go to UNC end up majoring in, in business administration what was the driving force behind that decision
1: I originally went to school at UNC Wilmington and I was a criminal justice major my first uh, year of college and I, re- I just really liked investigative type things so I thought that would be a good way but then I got in there and you know learned that you had to be a police officer or this that and the other and I really didn't I, I just wanted to be a detective you know I wanted mm. to to go right into figuring out, you know, crime scene. So I changed my major to business, just kind of a more broad situation. And and three years into uh, schooling at Wilmington, I really never went home. It was about a four hour ride. And uh, my dad was like, if you will come home, I'll let you drive a race car. Well, I wanted to drive race cars most of my teenage years and was hmm. never allowed to. So I did that. I moved home when I was 20, just coming on 21 you know, finished up my schooling at UNCC and started driving race cars at the same time. And, uh, so that was kind of the, the genesis of that.
0: Got it. So you weren't allowed to drive race cars because of how dangerous they were when you were growing up or.
1: Uh, it wasn't for girls, you know, girls weren't supposed to be gotcha. in the shop. And That's what I yeah, so we were still trying to kind of put our foot on the ground and, and, uh, make a stake in, in racing. So still are these days too.
0: Yeah, sure. Sure. And, and I assume that whole time your brother was able to do a lot of those things.
1: Well, we were actually racing late models at the same time. And, uh, when I raced late model cars, late model stock cars, like on a Saturday night, you know, racetrack uh, in your area, you know, I would be one, maybe two females in the field of cars across all the different divisions racing against the, the guys. And, um, the one thing is that the guys could work on their race cars and race, I was going to college, holding down a part-time job and racing, and so one yeah. just, just kind of took more precedence for me, and uh, in the timing of females in NASCAR, you know, I just decided to really focus on my business career, and I really think that's paid off, you know, after yeah. looking back, you, know, you don't know the future, but knowing now what we know with the loss of my dad and, and doing what I do for Dale, it's all worked out just perfect in hindsight.
0: I was going to say, it seemed it seemed to work out pretty well for you anyway. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so, it has. So coming out of college then, what, what say, it sounds like the decision to jump into business was just kind of more of like a broad learning topic for you. Mm-hmm. Did you envision yes. any of the things that you've been able to use that degree for? Is question number one. And question number two would be, if you could talk to yourself at 19 going to college for business administration would you still tell yourself to go that down that path or would you have done something differently?
1: You know, sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself at 19 because I'm talking to my 19 year old daughter Mm, uh, these days in trying to figure out the same process, you know, mom, how do you decide what to do? And I tell her, you know, I just pick something. I didn't have a passion for anything in particular. And so I was like, okay, this can be pretty broad. And so I don't, you know, I definitely wouldn't change it. And now that I'm able to have this conversation with my daughter about schooling, I look back on all my years of schooling college, high school, so on and so forth and and I tell her obviously there's there's industry and there's there's business and jobs that you need to really understand uh, the particulars of the industry, right? Mm-hmm. But for me in business, it's been more about experience and the college aspect of it, you know you're going through classes and so on and so forth, but I can't tell you that I used you know whatever theory or whatever algorithm to come up with something in my business world. It's a lot of experience, but college teaches you accountability and responsibility mm. and to be dependent. And, and it teaches you so many things about life. And particularly for me in the business world that are important to be able to do good business, right? And to do sure. business right.
0: This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need hire, you need Indeed. It was more the discipline and the habits yeah. and the, you know, completing projects on timelines type of work that, that you think prepped you for that. But it wasn't necessarily the knowledge that you gained from an individual class or professor or whatever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I look back and I can't think of anything in particular. I'm a very visual learner and uh-huh. kind of a photographic memory kind of person. So I think that prevented me from really digesting information to be quite sure. honest in school, you know, because I could see it. I could see it on the piece of paper the next day when we were writing or, or doing a test. And so I find that kind of as a as a negative for me that that I really didn't have to study and digest and really Take information in because I could right. just you know see it in my mind.
0: Yeah, sure. There's a difference between understanding how something works and knowing yeah. how to pass a test. You know. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> and that's that's kind of some of the shortcomings with with schooling in that regard is that it teaches you how to be a really good test taker and rule follower. And a lot of times in entrepreneurship and business, that's not a good thing. <laughs> you yeah. you need to be able to push the boundaries and creatively solve problems and. And sometimes, you know, education fails, especially because there are so many different types of learners, you know, like, so if you're not that specific type of learner then it might not be the right path for you <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean
1: exactly yeah. yeah
0: so then coming out of college what were the next steps for you were you trying to go down a different path and then this other path just kind of cleared its way for you or what what was the next step for you after after
1: college? yeah well for me personally i was working a part-time job in the nascar world uh, at a hospitality and event uh business Okay. And, and that was
0: during uh, college or after? That
1: was during college. And okay. then when I graduated, I went to work for a licensing company that made t-shirts, hats, and diecasts for uh, NASCAR folks. And my dad never really wanted us to work directly for him and any of his businesses. So hmm. I still got to work in the NASCAR world. I was there for seven years. Well, from 95 to 2001, so six years and our dad passed away, and that was a really difficult time for me to be in the T-shirt licensing business. Mm-hmm. In with the death of Dale Earnhardt, huge you know demand for product and and memorabilia, and I was trying to grieve the loss of my dad in the midst right. of trying to meet these demands, which was really tough. So I, I called Dale and I said, "Hey, you know, you need me to come work for you." And I had always, obviously, big sister looking out for him. You know, taking it was just he and I growing up. So many of so many of our, uh, moments together. And he's like, you know what, I, there's no way I can afford you. And I said, I'll take a pay cut. I don't care. Just let me come work for you. I know you're going to need me. And so I did. And, and I've worked here from August of 2001 to now and starting this wow. race team and running his business affairs. So, uh, it's, uh, served me well. And, and, uh, but that's kind of how I, I got here. I didn't have a specific plan or, or idea.
0: <laughs> Do you know why your dad didn't want you guys to work for him in like directly in business?
1: I think that he wants, I mean, my dad was an earn it kind of guy and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he wanted us to work really hard. He wanted us to understand a different world than our own, wanted us to be able to take care of ourselves, didn't want us to have to be dependent on him. And I think that that's kind of where he was coming from when he, you know, because it took even, you know, with my brother, Dale Jr. Being a race car driver, it took the mouths of many of his employees to, to finally convince him to put my brother in an Xfinity car, which is, you know, the division that we run here at junior Motorsports, right underneath the cup series, the premier series, you know, something my dad would never make the move to do. And, and it took, you know, so much twist of the arm from his peers to say, Hey, why aren't you giving your son this chance? You know, Mm. his dad was the same way on him. His dad was hard nose, tough love, you know, earn it, do it yourself and show me what you can do kind of guy.
0: Sure. And, uh, you know, and I think a lot of that is, is good right i mean a lot of that is oh, yeah. merited for people being able to take responsibility for their own lives regardless of the success that their parents or grandparents may have had which probably was a huge driving factor for the way that you and your brother have also been able to duplicate you know your dad's success and and not just have the family name stop with him because he obviously didn't give you that entitled way of growing up where you're coming into a situation thinking, I deserve this because of X, Y, and Z, you know, it's more like, okay, I need to come in and earn my way just like everybody else, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely, I'm thankful in many ways for the way I was raised. You know, I wish there was just a little bit more, you know, emotional support from my parents, but just in terms of, you know, roof over your head, this is what you need to be doing, make your way, earn it do good here's the expectation meet it was a fine way and um you know i compensated i have three kids they're 19 14 and 8 and my 19 year old you know awesome girl no qualms whatsoever but i compensated in so many ways for what i feel like i lacked in my childhood to then give her what i lived through her basically i was like oh well i never had a birthday party here let's have a you know Big old birthday party, yeah, you know, and right, just over right. the top, and but I, I realize about halfway through her life, I'm like Kelly, what are you doing? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can set them up for failure that way. Those all these grand expectations, and then they get out in the real world, and they're like, huh, this is nothing like what it was. Yeah, in my house. exactly. You
0: know? <laughs> right, you start realizing that handouts don't exist.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's not a good realization if you don't have the training to be able to overcome those things when when you're an adult. Exactly. Anything else that you've kind of taken? And this is kind of a selfish question. So if you'll just kind of appease me for a second here, Kelly. (laughs) So we have, we have a one-year-old and, uh, and we, have another one on the way. Hey. And so it is always just something that I'm thinking about now. Cause you know, before you have kids, whenever anybody talks about parenting, you just kind of tune out automatically. You know what My I mean? Like it's like the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden you have a kid and you're like, I don't know anything about how to raise a kid. I should probably start paying attention to what people are doing. So that's why I say this is a selfish question. But anything is there anything else that you learned as a parent that you maybe did or didn't do that you wish you did or or didn't do, as you know, while you're raising your kids. And, and obviously you still are raising your kids with yeah. having an eight-year-old in the home. So is there any advice that you would have around parenting when it comes to the things that we've been talking about?
1: Gosh, you know, parenting is such a scary thing to do, you know. Um, but I'm, I have these same conversations with my brother because, you know, like I said, my kids are older and he said the same thing. He actually apologized to me the day his daughter was born and she's a little over two now and he said i'm so sorry you know i never got it i never understood it and i basically missed your kids growing up because i didn't think it was you know that big of a deal now i've got right. my own daughter and i want everybody involved in her life and to see what's going on but to answer your question i think consistency and follow through and i just told dale the other day ages 0 to 5 work your tail off to even though you don't think they're getting it your 1 year old you know you don't think she's getting the discipline part of whatever you're doing, but they are, you know, mm. they're absorbing it up, they're taking it in. And it is so hard to reverse it later. You know, you mm. think, Oh, you know, well, they're not, they don't really understand that till they're, you know, four or Oh, they're understanding, you know, right now at age one and it'll serve you so much better in the future to, to just be consistent and follow through with what you say. And, you know, don't give the empty threats. You know, how many times have we said, I'm not taking you to that birthday party. If you don't act up, well, you're going to take her, you know, (laughs) I mean, your friends, your family members expecting it, your friends expecting it or whatever. You know, so don't throw around
0: empty threats. That's another good one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really just that consistency thing. And I think that's what it is. I think that's, uh, and uh, this is obviously just theory for me as a brand new parent, but that's what it's, it seems to me that that's something that causes a lot of contention in child parent relationships is the parent knows what to do, they know the right answers, but they've never done the things that they tell the kid to do, even though they know (laughs) it's the right thing because they don't do it. And then the kid just starts resenting the parent for being like, well, you never do this. How come I have to do it? You know what I mean? And it's just like, well, it's good for you. And it's like, yeah, but then why don't you do it? (laughs) You know?
1: You got Um, it. And all the things that we think are so cute when they're young that we get them to, you know, repeat a cuss word or, oh yeah, Yeah. go ahead and jump on the couch. It's cute right now, you know? And then later in life when you don't want them to jump on the couch but they've been doing it because it's so cute for the last three years <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, That's a that's a really fair point. It's not fair to get upset with them later on yeah, when they start yeah. cussing. When you're like, "Well, you taught me this when I was three because you thought it was funny, and now all of a sudden yeah. I get soap in my mouth and a slap on the wrist or whatever." You know, that's funny. Okay, so that uh, that was a little selfish side note there. <laughs> let's let, let's no get problem. back into 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 your story here. So, um, talk to me about what it's been like working with your brother and any sort of any sort of any sort of business partnership, like regardless of how your you know previous existing relationship was with the individuals you're getting into business with can always cause a, a high amount of tension and contention in, in those relationships. And so for you to be able to have been in business this long with your brother and this successfully, you guys have obviously had to be super open and honest with each other and have a lot of communication. What do you, what do you think are a couple of the main things that you've taken away from being able to partner with somebody that's that close to you for this long and be successful with it?
1: The biggest thing for Dale and I is trust from day one, he entrusted me to look after, you know, all of his stuff as if it were my own. Hmm. And that allowed him to really concentrate on being a race car driver and the things that go along with the relationships that he needed to cultivate with his crew chief and team and car owner and sponsors and so on and so forth. And for me to be able to, to hold up the business end and make sure, you know, operationally, and structurally, everything was uh, happening right between contracts and business setup and structure and things like that was just that trust factor. And we've we've just we've done so well with that. And he let me really have free reign on just making sure making those decisions. And it really wasn't until he retired here in 2017 that he he's a lot more involved on a daily basis in conversation with me about we spend a lot more time talking now about what something looks like hey dale how do you want to handle this what's your thoughts on this whereas before i would just make the decision and tell him and even through this period of time of us conversating we've just built such a trust and admiration for what we've both done and accomplished and yeah. we have empathy towards each other you know you the conversations that we have we both feel you know a lot of the same things about the way we were raised and understanding where each other is coming from. So we just, you know, we just try to talk it out and communicate, even, you know, in today's time where we, we may not share the same opinion or and give each other, you know, our the back end of everything so we can understand where we're both coming from and then try to make a decision that's supportive, you know, and that works. So...
0: Yeah, yeah, that, I mean that's incredible I can't commend you guys enough for being able to work together for that long Especially especially when it's that type of relationship where you know, like your brother is somebody that's so much in the public eye I feel like yeah. a lot of times there's so many there's so much ego that gets put into relationships like that And there's people devaluing each other because they think that they should be the one that should be You know what? I mean, there's just so many things that could have made that go south And so I want to acknowledge you guys and commend you guys for being able to have such a long and profitable and fruitful relationship as brother and sister in a business context. That's amazing. Yeah, Um, thank you. So Kelly, you have done so many things in in your career and accomplished so many things. And now you can add the descriptor of being an author to the things that you've done. So so talk to me about this new book, Drive, Nine Lessons to Win a Business and in Life. Where did the idea come from and why why write the book? Why, Why was that something that was important to you?
1: I know your podcast here is a lot about networking and building your networking. And so Mm -hmm. uh, lucky for me, I'm in a conversation with Dell's book publisher and, uh, you know, a great opportunity presents itself when she asked me if I ever thought about writing a book. And I said, well, I really haven't thought about it. But if I did want to write a book, I'd want to write about my relationship with my dad and growing up and how I feel like a lot of my shortcomings in my childhood really affected some of my decision making as a young adult. Then going through therapy and what that change was like to get me to the place I am today and that I've been in the last, you know, probably five to six years, which is very positive. And she said, well, you know, that sounds really good, but not everybody's just going to want to hear about, you know, a successful person with a bad childhood. I mean, how many Hollywood stories do you hear like that? Right, Right, Um, right. So she she said to me, you know, we should really focus on the business aspect and, and how you've evolved and, and become such a great leader. And I'm sure a lot of the things that I wanted to talk about, she said, will come out in, in that. And it has. And that's kind of, you know, the product of uh, the book Drive is a little bit about my childhood and a little bit about those shortcomings that I felt in that relationship with my dad where we really struggled. But then, you know, going into lessons learned throughout my business career, and sharing those. And and it's not, it's not really just about business. It's about relationships, period. You know, all the things I talk about are just, you know, how to be better at relationship.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, that's super fitting for this show. So let's talk a little bit Mm -hmm. about that. I got to ask you this question, Kelly, because the question I ask everybody that comes on the show kind of gets this conversation headed in that direction. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important,
1: and why? Oh, Gosh, I know, and you have to have a one or the other, I suppose, Travis. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, because I want
1: to say both. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that, right. that's kind
0: of the that's kind of the uh, I know the that's the theory that I got yeah, it.
1: Right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. uh, yes. You agree. know, it pains me a little to say this, but I think it's who you know. I say it pains me a little because we all want to stand on our own merit. We all sure. want to stand on our own smarts and knowledge and what we're doing. And I'm going to say this too. We all think of who, you know, sometimes as being, oh, well, you know, you know, the head honchos, or you know, the person in charge, or, you know, you're going to get a freebie because you know, but that's not what it is. That book publisher, you know, I'm just in a friendly conversation with her and mm-hmm. and pow, what happens? Or you're in a, I'm In a friendly conversation with you, Travis, and who knows what down the road will come up where you may think of Kelly and go, hmm, this might be a good opportunity for Kelly or this might be something I should share uh, Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. her. You know, so it's who, you know, not just because of maybe what they can do for you, which I think is what so many people automatically go to that assumption. Right. You know what they can they, they can teach you what you can learn from them. You know, there's just so much in the power of knowing people.
0: Yes, yeah. definitely. And I and I totally get the contention that you have in your head because that, that's the fun part for me about answer, about asking the question is like the, the yeah. answer is always both, right? Yeah. Like both are <laughs> important. That's definitely the answer. And you can't have success without both of them to a certain extent. But yeah. if there is one that would be like that 51% versus the 49%, I'm always going to give it to the who because yeah. the bottom line is the knowledge these days is not is not the thing that is hard to find especially now right like yeah. proof yep. right now we're on a podcast you and i are talking on a podcast like 10 years ago this would not happen you, if you wrote a book, you would not be like, "Okay, what podcast can I get on?" <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean like that didn't exist. So there's just such an abundance of knowledge now and a shortage of opportunities. and I think that the opportunities are coming from the connections and the people that we know, the relationships we have the the people that we've that we've added value to are so important to being able to present those opportunities, which are really the things that we need. the opportunities are the things that that we can't go on Google and find. you know what I mean like those are the things that that are the untouchable things, the abstract things that that aren't necessarily as as abundant as the knowledge is anymore. So, uh, yeah, totally agree with you on that. If you were going to give those people that are out there listening right now, you know, one just overarching idea or tip or tactic or tool, something around the idea of continuously building real quality, genuine relationships with other people without expecting anything in return, what would that one tip or tool or tactic be?
1: Well, I think when, you know, when you're networking with people, obviously you're in a conversation with them, right? Mm -hmm. So something that I think is really important is to educate yourself or, you know, read up, put something in your pocket that you can pull out that shows them that you're, you know, you're knowledgeable, you did some homework, you know, just thinking because, you know, I've done several of these interviews for my book. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to a few people who clearly didn't read up on my family. <laughs> sure. or that, you, know, right. you know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah. It's, like, it's who is your dad of, again? Yeah.
1: yeah <laughs> it's sort of, it's really disheartening because, yeah. you know, you don't want to just make small talk. You know, if yeah, you're going right. to, when you're networking, you know, in a group of people, especially people you don't know, you need to get there quick. You know, you you need to, uh, you know, be able to make an impression. So kind of educating yourself and being intelligent about what you're, you know, you know, whatever, wherever you're at, whatever you're talking about, whatever you're doing, whatever it is, you know.
0: Whatever that, nit, whatever that industry or, or yeah. topic or yeah, overarching idea would be. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I, I totally agree with that. And that's one thing that I think that networking, especially podcasting, has done for me too is it just gives you a wide array of knowledge around a wide array of topics that you yeah. ne- normally never would have had any exposure into. You know what I mean? And it allows you to be able to have conversations with multiple people from multiple industries, multiple backgrounds, because you're just constantly learning new things through having more conversations with other people who are doing things that you've never been exposed to before I think that's one huge lesson to take away from this so Kelly thank you so much for coming on the show you know we're running out of time here but I, I, I mean mm-hmm. it would be really cool to set up another interview maybe in person when all this COVID stuff dies down a little bit but before we get before we take off here can you tell people where they can connect with you best online and then the number one thing that you really want to get across in your book
1: yeah. So if people are interested in learning more about the book, they can go to kellyernhardtdrive.com. I'm on all social channels. And here I am, Travis, telling you about consistency with your kids. But my social channels are all over the place. I'm <laughs> Earnhardt Kelly on Twitter, Kelly Earnhardt Miller on Instagram and Kelly Earnhardt on Facebook. And so those are the best places, you know, just to learn about me personally and, and what I do here at Junior Motorsports and my you know values and what I believe in and those kind of fun things jrmracing.com is our, our race team, if anybody wants to know more about that. but um, And you asked me another question. I forgot what it was now.
0: Yes, ma'am. The number one thing that you want people to take away from your book.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have that one uh, right at my sleeve because my favorite chapter in my book is called Lead from the Heart. You know, I feel like, and gosh, what better time right now in the midst of everything that we're going through to talk about really leading from your heart and making decisions from your heart than now? For me, there's a couple of things I talked about education and, and learning something. For me, it's understanding my people, understanding my employees here at Junior Motorsports, what they're about, what makes them tick, you know, what makes them talk. And then really letting them see my heart is important and doing good on purpose. You know, I just think, you know, if your decisions are coming from the heart, you're probably making some pretty good decisions and and some pretty good inroads.
0: Love it. Kelly, this has been an awesome conversation. I hope to uh, be able to schedule something in the future where we could sit and chat in person. For those of you listening right now. Yeah, awesome. And for those of you listening right now, if you you guys know every time we recommend a book on the show, and some of you might be sick of hearing me say this, but I'm going to say it again. Anytime (laughs) I recommend a book on the show, do not wait. Go grab it right now because I promise if you just put it off, you're not going to remember and then you're going to miss out on a bunch of knowledge that could have been extremely useful for you. And this is definitely going to be one of those books that you're going to want to pick up. That's Drive, Nine Lessons to Win in Business and in Life. If you want to connect more with Kelly on social media, you heard her handles a second ago. Probably the best way to do that since she has a recognized name would just be to go to each platform and just type in Kelly Earnhardt Miller. Kelly is K-E-L-L-E-Y and Earnhardt E A R N. H-A-R-D as in dog, T as in Tom, and then last name, and then uh, and then a new last name, Miller. So Kelly Reinhardt Miller, just go to your social media platform of choice and uh, type that in and connect with Kelly a little bit more over there. And then pick up a copy of her book right now so you don't forget and let us know how that goes. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Seriously, I had a fantastic time chatting with you and learning from you.
1: Yeah, Travis, thank you. I hope we connect some time in the future. I appreciate it so much.
0: Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high-quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls. There's accountability crews and more, all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com thanks so much for joining us on today's show. See you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.